Hello and welcome to Macpreneur, the show that helps entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schreurs and here we go for today's episode. So, at the time of recording, beta versions of the next releases of Apple's various operating systems are out. Some of you might be tempted to try out some of those betas. Personally, I know I do. This is the reason why I am kicking off a series of episodes on this very topic. In today's show, I'll explore the two different kinds of beta software program that Apple offers, as well as the pros and cons of signing up for them. The purpose of this episode is to help you decide whether or not, as a Macpreneur, you should consider running beta software on your Apple gear. And in the next episode, I'll explain how to safely test beta versions of iOS, iPadOS and macOS. But before diving in, I just wanted to thank you for listening to the show. I truly appreciate you fitting the Macpreneur podcast in your busy life. If it's your first time, welcome to the Macpreneur tribe. You're joining listeners located all around the world. And if you're listening for a while now, I'm super grateful that you're sticking with me. Either way, my goal is to help you operate your Apple devices faster and be more productive even between episodes. This is why I've prepared 30 tips for your iPhone and Mac. To sign up for this free email course, just visit macpreneur.com forward slash tips. So now let's dive into uh, today's topic. Apple offers two kinds of uh, beta software program, the public beta and the developer beta. So the, the public beta is free and it's for anyone who has an Apple ID. Um, usually it's available roughly one month after WWDC, so the Worldwide Developer Conference that takes place beginning of June. And uh, to sign up, you just need to visit beta.apple.com. Now, the public beta only covers the Mac, the iPhone, the iPad, the Apple TV, but not the Apple Watch. E for that, uh, you need the second program. It's called the developer beta. Now, it's not free. It costs $99 uh, membership per year. And it's for anyone who joins the Apple Developer Program. Now, it's available usually right after uh, the keynote at WWDC uh, via Developer, the website developer.apple.com. Now, the Developer Beta covers all Apple devices, Mac, iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and the Apple Watch. But be careful, only Apple can restore the watch to an earlier version of WatchOS. Now, in terms of uh, versioning, um, the public beta 1 is based on the developer beta 2. Then the public beta 2 is based on the developer beta 3 and so on. So that's why there is a gap between the, the start of the developer beta uh, program and the public beta program, because uh, for the public, Apple expects the beta to be slightly more stable, or at least in a, in a, in, on a path uh, towards stability. 
And so that's why uh, usually the public beta, uh, the first one starts at the same, roughly the same level as the second developer beta. Now, as a side note, uh, you can sign up for a developer account without the need to join the Apple developer program. So you go to developer.apple.com, you sign up with your Apple ID, and uh, doing that, you will create a developer account. And for free, with just this, this developer account, you will have access to the entire documentation um, for the different uh, operating system and also for the, the programming side of it. And you will have access to Xcode, the uh, Apple Software Development Kit. So if you were curious about uh, Swift UI, which I talked about in episode 37, you can in fact already download Xcode 11 beta for free. You don't need to be part of the Apple developer program. You just need a developer account for that. It's only if you want the privilege to install the developer betas of iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, and macOS that you need to join the uh, Apple developer program and which costs $99 on a yearly basis. Now let's have a look at the, the pros and cons of signing up for a beta software program uh, with Apple. So when you're installing beta software on your device, you're living on the edge. Uh, on the one hand, you have the thrill of discovering new features before almost anyone else. But on the other hand, you're also dealing with unfinished and unreliable software. I would say that the main reason for us Macpreneurs to sign up for one of the beta programs is to test our current software and uh, hardware setup. So the apps and the peripherals that we rely upon for the day-to-day -day operation of our business. Uh, developers obviously will want to make sure that their apps run uh, well on the next versions of uh, Apple operating system and they, they will most probably need to make code changes either to be compatible with the next version or to implement a new uh, operating system specific features that uh, Apple unveiled at the WWDC. So for, uh, for developers, it, it makes uh, a total sense. And actually, if you're a developer listening right now, especially on iOS, on iOS then I really believe you're already testing your app on uh, various devices and on multiple versions of iOS and uh, also the, the beta version of iOS 13 and iPad 13, iPadOS 13. Uh, a while back in uh, episode two, I interviewed uh, Joe Allen, who develops a bunch of iOS apps uh, for people uh, dealing with media production. And I'm sure that he's already, uh, he has already installed the developer beta of iOS 13, iPadOS 13, and uh, watchOS 6 on some of his test devices. So for the rest of us who are not developers, uh, installing uh, beta versions gives us the chance to see if the apps that we use every day, if those apps, they work out of the box uh, with the new version or if they need updating. And uh, this is really more important on iOS than on macOS because Apple only offers security updates for the latest version of iOS while it keeps uh, three versions of macOS secure. 
That means that uh, in the coming fall, we'll need to update our iPhone and iPad if we want to stay secure. Whereas for the Macs, actually, we can stay one or two versions uh, of macOS behind. It's okay. It's, it's less uh, of a big deal. It's less of a deal, I would say, uh, for the Mac than uh, for the iPhone and iPad. Now, talking about the Mac, uh, actually, in episode 18, I recommended not to upgrade to the latest version of macOS right away. So in the upcoming fall, I recommend to not update to macOS Catalina. So it's even though it will be the uh, officially released uh, version of Catalina, and it even though it has gone through the developer beta program, the public beta program, there will still be uh, bugs uh, laying around. And so uh, personally, uh, I would say for people who use their Macs for the business, it's much safer to stay at least one version behind. But if you're planning to install macOS Catalina and use macOS Catalina, then actually installing the beta version of Catalina will allow you to test uh, beforehand the peripherals that you're actually currently using, like your printers, your scanners, anything that uh, hooks up uh, to your computer, you will be able to to see if it's working uh, with Catalina out of the box or not, or if the developer of those apps and uh, the, the software that is necessary for the peripherals, if that developer needs to do some bunch of work to be ready for Catalina. Um, yeah, and so I would say, yeah, the next step is to check the developer's uh, website anyway, whether you install the beta or not. So you do a list of all the apps that you're using on a daily basis. You also make a list of all the peripherals and then you go and visit the, the website of those uh, of those uh, developers and you you look for an announcement official announcement of plan support that they they, they of officially say yes we will support macOS Catalina we will support iOS 13 iPadOS 13 and so on and possibly even look for a, a release date now if you don't see anything and you really, really rely on that piece of software or hardware, uh, either you need to contact the developer to, to make sure that it will work with the next release of the operating system, or you will have a few months now to, to look for an alternative. Okay, so this is uh, one of the reasons uh, why we, uh, we look before uh, the upcoming fall to see if uh, anything will break with uh, with an update. Now, this is all well and good, but there are some drawbacks of running a beta software. And so le let's have a look at those. So first of all, beta software is by definition buggy, meaning, meaning that it does not always produce the expected behavior. Uh, I remember when I was uh, uh, toying with iOS 12 beta, it was the first time that they were um, putting screen time 
and uh, I was testing it on, on the iPod of, of one of my daughter and I was testing on one of my iPad and it was actually not working as it as intended. So I was uh, activating things and and uh, on one device and it was supposed to populate on the other device and uh, it didn't. So, so that that can happen. So one of the things you you it could not behave the way it's supposed to behave. If we go one level worse, it could actually make your device crash. So crash or hang. So you would actually have all the apps freezing on you or actually the, the device rebooting. And if we go one level even worse than that, it could actually break your device, meaning that you, you need to go to an Apple store or you need to fully uh, reset it to factory settings and uh, lose everything you had on the device at that time. Uh, yes, that can happen. So these, these things can, can happen. Now, in addition to that, and, and let's say, let's be uh, uh, optimist and we only have a bit of unexpected behaviors, but that's it. In addition to that, you will notice really poor battery life, especially on uh, mobile devices. Why? Because the code, the underlying code is not yet optimized. They are still uh, trying to, to make new features work and uh, afterwards they'll, they'll think about uh, optimization, battery optimization and so on. So this is one reason why the battery uh, will drain much faster. The second reason why the battery will drain faster is because of telemetry. So they have code inside the, the operating system that checks a bunch of things and that's writing uh, logs and uh, communicating with Apple server. So really making sure that uh, when the code crashes, there is something that is written somewhere in a log file. And all of that, uh, most of it will be removed when uh, the official version will be released. But for the time being, for the beta version, there is a lot of additional code that is used just for debugging uh, purposes. So poor battery life, a lot of bugs. Now, for I would say for us uh, Macpreneurs, what is uh, even worse than, than all of that is actually potential data loss or data corruption. So you, you could have uh, local data, so meaning data on your device, or data that you synchronized with the cloud that could be corrupted or that could be deleted. And if that... If that uh, uh, data is synchronized over the cloud, then it will corrupt uh, everywhere on all the devices. So this is uh, this is real. Huh? This is uh, it's a risk. It doesn't mean it will happen. I think we must consider ourselves lucky when it does not happen. But because there is a, actually the risk is not even zero with. Uh, officially shipped product huh? with any product there, there, any software there can be bugs and this could happen. But this is the, the likelihood of that happening is much, much greater with uh, beta software. This is the reasons why uh, we, Macpreneur, we should never ever installed beta versions of an operating systems on the devices that we rely upon 
for the critical day-to-day -day operation. So that means that for iOS, iPhone and iPad, we should only install it on a spare device or a secondary device. So not our main, so not your main phone, not the, the iPad you use uh, every day to go and visit your clients or to draw or, or to, to code or whatever you do on your iOS devices for your business. Those devices, you should uh, leave them for the time being, so at the time of recording iOS 12, but you should leave them on the current stable version of the operating system. For macOS, uh, it's, I would say, quote-unquote, a little bit easier in the sense that we don't necessarily need to install the beta version on top of the current uh, version that is running on our computer we have two options. We can partition the hard drive, so we can cut, if you want, the hard drive in uh, two parts. The, current, the, the part where we have the current version of, of macOS, and then the one that we freed up, if we have enough space in our, on our internal uh, disk, then in the, on the free space, we install macOS Catalina or the, the next macOS beta version. If your hard drive is too small, like if you have a 128 gigabyte or 256 gigabyte internal hard drive, which is a bit, I would say, uh, small for for dealing with two operating systems, except if you are already not using it uh, halfway already, but I would doubt that. But if we don't have an enough uh, space left on our internal hard drive, it's also still possible to install the beta version on an external drive connected via Thunderbolt or via USB 3. Here I would recommend to install it on an external SSD. So find a, a good SSD drive, which is very fast. And it's possible to actually uh, install the beta version on that external SSD and boot the computer from the external SSD. Now, on top of this uh, hardware part, okay, which device uh, should we consider uh, using? There is also uh, the, the Apple ID. And my recommendation is to use a, a dedicated Apple ID for all the iCloud uh, syncing stuff. So if you have an Apple ID that you're using uh, for your business, where you have stored uh, files in iCloud Drive, your uh, synchronizing contacts, uh, calendars, notes, uh, reminders, everything. If, if you do that f f during the beta version or during the beta period and on the device where you install the beta uh, version, uh, do, no, do not use your uh, normal Apple ID. Create a dedicated Apple ID for that. Why? Because the last thing that you want is to lose important documents uh, stored in iCloud Drive or important notes or messages or even uh, precious photos. Because uh, at one point there was a bug and uh, synchronization didn't work and uh, uh, a local database got corrupted. So that's, you don't want to do that. Uh, in addition to that, for some services, especially uh, like Notes, uh, for instance, Apple could ask you to upgrade the Notes database. 
And sometimes the act of upgrading the Nodes database is not retro-compatible. That means that if you upgrade the Nodes database on your test device running a beta of iOS, then you may, may not be able to access or sync or update your nodes from your other devices that are still on the current version of the operating system. So this is, a, I don't remember exactly, I think it was iOS 10. It was iOS 9 or iOS 10. There was a change in the nodes uh, database. And whenever you, you were accessing nodes for the first time on your upgraded iOS device, it would tell you, do you want to upgrade the database? And you could say yes or no. If you said yes, the other devices, I, if I remember correctly, you could access the nodes, but you could not, um, you could not update them. Or there were some features. If you added uh, some, like some pictures, or or if you added stuff to the nodes on your on the latest version of iOS, these were items that you could not see in nodes from the older version of iOS. So if you don't want to mess everything up with your the things that are synchronized with iCloud, this is the reason why uh, you uh, I recommend you to actually create and, and use a, a dedicated Apple ID for the, the beta testing. Now in the next episode, I'll explain in more detail how to proceed with the installation of the beta, the preparation of the computer or the iOS devices before the installation of the beta. So how to do it safely and also how to get out of the beta program before the end of the beta program if you absolutely need to. Because as soon as you embark in the beta program, there are two pathways, either you reset the device and restore a backup that you have made or you wait until the end of the beta program and once the official re version is released then you will be on the official track there are a few things to to make sure that you don't get any additional beta anymore but basically either you wait until the official release or you wipe and restore from an older version but I will explain uh, in the next episode exactly what to do and how to do it for both uh, the iPhone, the iPad and uh, the Macs. So to conclude, unless you are a developer, uh, you'd want to sign up for the public beta program of Apple, not the developer program uh, of Apple, especially because it's, uh, it's free and us who are not developers, we don't really need to pay these 99 uh, we don't need that program. Now, as tempting and, and thrilling as it is, uh, testing beta versions of Apple's operating systems has really downside that can have negative impact on our business. So as Macpreneurs, we should be much more careful than other people, which means only using a secondary device or partition the hard drive or another hard drive. And finally, I really strongly advise you to use uh, an Apple ID that is not linked to the iCloud account that you use for your business and mainly it's for to prevent data loss or, or corruption. 
So that's it for today. I hope you found this episode useful and you have a better idea of the pros and cons of running beta software on your Apple gear. As usual, all the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 39, where you're more than welcome to provide feedback in the comments section. Actually, I'd love to know whether or not you're going to sign up for the Apple beta program. Uh, And if it's the case, what is your main motivation uh, for doing so? And uh, until next time, I'm Damien Schroes, wishing you a great day.